Okay, today on the show, we argue about the suddenly ubiquitous Andrew Tate and whether or not he should have been canceled across all social media platforms. Then we bring in the wonderfully talented and popular Chef AJ, who talks weight loss and how to actually keep it off. After that, well, drunk Sarah's back to give us some news on Rossum, which turns into a discussion on Emmy Rossum. And eventually, we get to some kind cones. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yep, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, it is Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup on a hot dog, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, 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 and what is up? And welcome on in to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. We have not been canceled yet, although we're trying to do so every single day. We got a huge show for you today. Chef AJ from Chef AJ Live is going to be on. We are going to talk about some good vegan vittle. She is fantastic and really looking forward uh, to talking with her and hopefully lots of her subscribers will become our subscribers. That's how we're trying to do it with with Chef AJ, but she's wonderful and I can't wait uh, to share that interview with you guys. Remember, check us out at realmeneatplants.com. Click on the support button, help us and Paul's party as well. If you don't know about them, look them up. Great charity that helps disabled kids. Also take the 30-day challenge, read the blogs, check us out on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, and all across social media. Eric Rogers wearing the hat to the back and doing it in style is at Eric Rogers brand. Sarah Carlson, who is still well, not drunk anymore, but it's starting to wear off. She's getting tired. She is at News Sarah, and I am at RMEP Rich. And here we go. Before we get to Chef AJ, stuff to talk about. And there's something that actually crossed my way that I wasn't aware of. But as soon as I heard about it, I started doing some research on it. And over the last couple of days, I've become more and more angry. And I will tell you about it. It's a guy by the name of Andrew Tate. And does everybody know who Andrew Tate is? I don't think Sarah does, right? So Sarah, not exactly sure who Andrew Tate is, and Sarah might have frozen on us. Hopefully we will get her back. But Eric Rogers knows who Andrew Tate is, and I think it got his dander up. So let me see if I can explain Andrew Tate and who he is. Okay, so Andrew Tate is an English guy who was a kickboxer. This is, am I right so far? That's, that's um, correct so far. He's kind of British and American. He has been a big TikTok star, I guess, or influencer or whatever the hell they call them. They're not they're not stars. They're they're influencers. Content he, creators, yeah. Content creator, yep. He poses a lot with with cars, like real expensive cars, guns, he smokes cigars, um, and he kind of talks a lot of, well, lack of better term, he talks shit um, quite a bit. And usually what he's talking about can fall into what people would call misogynistic. Now, it is one way to get an audience. So back in the day when Howard Stern was coming up and he used to have strippers on his show and he would throw baloney at their asses to see if it would stick, um, people thought <laughs> Howard those are that's an actual thing that happened. All right. Um, people thought Howard Stern was being misogynistic, the way that Howard would talk about women and sexualize women and what have you is considered misogynistic. If you look at it, I mean, it it is. All right. Now, a lot of what Howard was doing was theater of the mind. 
some of that stuff didn't really happen in the studio. Some of it did. And he would exaggerate a lot of the stuff for effect. Nowadays, people consider that's what you do. It's all theater of the mind. It doesn't matter if it's really happening or not. You're creating a, a universe for people that are listening. Now, the thing about Howard is now he's considered sort of an icon. And celebrities go out of their way to be on his show because he's such a great interviewer. Now, he was always a great interviewer. He was a great interviewer 30 years ago when he was considered a shock jock. But he's a better interviewer now because I guess he doesn't throw baloney at naked hookers' asses anymore. So um, let's – I mean, that's that's what he does. 2022, Anyways, can't do that yeah, anymore. It's all, it's all changed. Now, Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate has kind of become the guy – who is trying to shock people. He's 35 years old on TikTok, which should be the first red flag. Okay, sure. that's that's not good. All right. There there was a saying back in the 60s, don't trust anybody over the age of 30. On TikTok, that should hold true. If you're over the age of 30 and on TikTok, you got a problem. Okay. So, anyways, 35-year-old TikTok influencer, content creator, whatever the hell he does, um, is saying misogynistic things. So a few days ago, or was this a week ago now? Dude, they... this guy has been in the news for months, years. Yes, he's years. been in the news that long, um, but he just recently got a Sarah is rejoining us, and we're talking about Andrew Tate and um, who he is. So basically, the background on uh, Andrew Tate, Sarah, he was a former kickboxer who now is on TikTok, and he says a lot of crazy things about women um, is basically it. So he, he tried to fashions himself to be a playboy. Anyways, he's on TikTok doing this, and he got canceled. Now, he had on TikTok, um, let's see, it was, his videos have been viewed on TikTok 11.6 billion, with a B, times. Motherfuck. Yeah, 11.6 billion oh. times. Now, that means he's making a shit ton of money, 11.6 billion uh, views on TikTok and YouTube and all that kind of stuff is going to get you a lot of money. But recently, he's been canceled. And when I mean canceled, he's canceled across the board canceled. So he's not on TikTok anymore. He is oh, not is on he? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You they fired. all got, have taken him off. Okay. So that's that's he exactly right. He got the Trump treatment. He is completely off of social media, period, exclamation point. Okay. Now, when I look at this, my first argument is why did social media allow it in the first place? Um, so that's a, it's always a problem that, that that I have with that. So no, Donald Trump when he got now booted off, yep. yeah, had how many hundreds of millions of of followers? You know, Donald Trump was pretty popular. He had the number one TV show for a lot of years. Then ran for president and all of that kind of stuff, and had a ton of followers on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. Okay, and so they they booted him off. Why do they allow it in the first place? Because they say that they have standards. Is that right? Am I I'm missing something? Don't they all say that they have standards Doesn't for what you can put on there? That? They do, right? Well, they don't exist until they're caught or like you know called out on right. stuff. But yeah, right. Well, this guy has been doing it for years. It's not like he he just did. Well, two I mean, videos. The social media channels don't like do anything about it. They don't exist until someone has a problem with the content. Yeah. Right. Well, this this guy's been on social media for a while. It's not like he was he's just on for two days and got a hundred and kicked off of everywhere. Hundred million views. Okay. So then he got kicked off because I think oh, I don't know, somebody 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 had enough. But this is this is actually and 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 Sarah, it's a great question. Okay. Because what was the line that was crossed because he was right. saying all this stuff anyways, and they were allowing it for months and years at a time. And now all of a sudden they're not allowing it. So it's, it's an excellent question. Why did he get kicked off? I would like to know. Well, it's probably because back in 2016, he was on the British version of big brother mm -hmm. and he was kicked off for beating a woman with a belt. And he said at the time that it wasn't true or like it was it was edited in such a way that made it seem that way. And I don't know why that like had gotten resurfaced in like recent months or whatever. But this dude, I don't know. He's like kind of like an enigma in some ways. But that has like, I think, positive, like, you know, 
description purpose purposes whatever and that's not you know he's clearly not a a positive person um the dude is part of this website he has this website that is like a an online club uh called the war room now have you seen this did you hear about this i have not seen the war room there is um so there's this uh youtuber that i i watch his videos called danny gonzalez a lot of the younger people like him anyway so he did this, found this website, it's a, the War Room, and uh, I guess uh, Andrew Tate is part of this this online club that you pay money to, uh, I guess, basically go against the uh, the authority of, of, you know, being just like a conformist, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a club for, for alpha males, so it's all about, you know, weapons and, and women and, uh, and money. So it's like kind of like your classic, like, douchebaggery type of stuff. Okay, douchebaggery, I will go with. Male. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. And, and, and we've discussed alpha male on, on this, this program before. That's not an alpha male, okay? Right. So we've, yeah. He, he could say he's an alpha male all he wants. That's not what alpha males do. That's what toxic males do. Dude, um, here's yeah, that's what toxic people he do. Was, he went on this uh, – there was a podcast he was on, and he had a quote. I will quote this word for word, what mm-hmm. he said. A good woman will always make her man look good in front of other men. Okay. So it's it's like basically he's saying that, you know, you're kind of like your role is to be a wingman for other men, which is also strange because why do I don't know. I don't really care what I look like to other men. So I don't know if that's a thing that you care about, Rich. Like No, no, no. I I, a- I think what what he's saying there, okay, so so you you're supposed to compliment each other, I think, as a couple, whether it's it's male, female, 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 male, male, whatever whatever couple you you've decided to become, if you're a couple at all. And maybe, you know, if if you're a consenting adult, I don't care. Maybe you got like three, you know, girlfriends and everybody's cool with it, or there's, you know, three. Well, three he was husbands. also his I, house I, was know. raided for uh for human trafficking, by the way, as well. Yeah, now that's that. a, I mean completely <laughs> Completely awful friggin' issue, and and you know, completely separate. Um, but here, here's the thing: it, you should compliment each other. Like, I'm hoping that when I go out, I look good for my wife, so that she's proud of me, and her friends say, "Yeah, I mean, that's that that's a good husband." You know, rather than you know thinking that I'm a piece of crap. Well, uh, the, the the context was more of like you are you are eye candy, and that's pretty much your job. Yeah, well, I I don't think it's anybody's job, but you do want to look good, right? Like you do want, like like I would want my wife to look good, so my friends are thinking, "Wow, you know, Rich is a lucky guy." That would be awesome. That does feel good, right? I mean, that that little bit of pride that you end up getting, just like well, I want sure. her to come away with it, thinking like, "Oh, you know, my my husband looks good, and my my friends are kind of jealous, and that's kind of cool too." And so I. I I don't know if that's what he was getting at. I, I think that's okay. I don't even think that's that's the worst of it. I'm hoping if you say that, you don't get kicked off of social media because no, I don't think that I don't okay. think that was the line right. that was crossed. Yeah. But I'm just hoping like things not. that came out of of yeah. videos that he's been on. Yeah. But. So 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 here's here's my other question too. So if he's getting canceled, okay, how do like rap artists not get canceled? So rap artists not get canceled now um, because now you, it's an art form considered. OK, I, mean, I don't know. That's good. That's a good question. OK, so so the lyrics that are in rap songs, I mean, we could we could pretend all we want that we don't know what's being said. But the lyrics that are in rap songs are not lyrics that I would be saying to my grandmother, my mom, my sister. This is not how I want my daughter to be treated well, on a I think date. They might argue that it's this isn't this isn't how i actually am this is what i'm uh, putting out as a persona because it's right like, it, that's how and I so and so can't that but is be Andrew Tate that way i don't know if that's right you know, well, well could it could it not a- be because because that that would be my thought because my my thought was so like howard stern back in the day would do all that crazy stuff and again throwing baloney at, at women's naked butts and all the stuff that he would do okay dude i and would then watch he would, the blurred out tv i don't care <laughs> yeah then he would go home and he had a wife and three daughters that he yeah. was a dad and husband to. And if he really was a monster to women, why would he have a wife and three daughters that he's good to? Obviously, there's a disconnect. Obviously, Howard's playing it up on the radio because this is the persona that makes money for him. And so I think the same thing of rap artists that say, well, I'm not like that. Like Jay-Z puts out some lyrics that are pretty cringeworthy. 
However, Jay-Z has been married to Beyonce for a lot of years, and they got kids. And I'm wondering, I mean, does Beyonce really need to put up with this shit if he was really like that? I would think the answer is no. I think Beyonce yeah, can, can do just can fine on her, on her, yeah, on own. her own. <laughs> right. To the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. She could boot his ass out to the curb. All right. Yeah, uh, she wrote a song about it. Yeah. Okay. So... I, I think she would be just fine. So can't you make the argument? Because I'm thinking if Andrew Tate is just saying like, yeah, I'm a good dad and you should treat women well and all this kind of stuff. Andrew Tate makes zero dollars and doesn't have a billion views on TikTok. But if Andrew Tate is smoking on a cigar saying that he does these things, all right, which there's, I don't know if there's any proof of that well, he does these things. Maybe. And now he gets canceled for it. I, I want to know, first of all, how he got there and they didn't cancel him years and months ago. And second of all, why aren't they canceling everybody that has those same kind of public personas? Right. So I don't understand why it's okay to focus on Andrew Tate and get him off, but it's okay for Snoop Dogg to put out a video or Jay-Z well, or Lil Wayne let me, let me or something bring like this that, and that. And that's fine. Yeah. So... Uh, Brittany Griner, you know, she's stuck in Russia and, you know, there's this big push for her to be returned to the U.S. and we got to save her. But there are other mm -hmm. people who are stuck in other countries for very similar things and no one gives a rat's ass about. So you, that's the same type of argument. It's, it's the popularity or like what is the thing that people are talking about? And I'm wondering if that's the situation that we're at with Andrew Tate. He got too popular and too big, and yeah, they he decided... was kind of like a middling. Like, hey, he's making a you know fifty, sixty thousand on TikTok or whatever. People wouldn't probably say anything about him. Good point, and and that definitely could be um, when you get too big. There are always people that are looking to take you Doesn't down. Doesn't excuse some of, of the things he said, but well, no. Listen, I I don't agree with the stuff that he's saying. What what I'm saying there 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 is a way around this though. Okay, so like me, I do find a lot You're of the lyrics, him, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, I find that to be reprehensible. I find the lyrics in a lot of rap songs to be uh, totally disgusting and, and misogynistic. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, on Twitter, they banned him for saying women should, quote, bear responsibility for being sexually assaulted. Yep. Um, Google, which owns YouTube, told this the BBC, we terminated channels associated with Andrew Tate for multiple violations of our community guidelines and terms of service, including our hate speech policy. Yeah, and, and all that is is fine if that policy was enforced when he was starting out. This is what, what, what I don't understand. Um, you know, why did they allow it? I know how I feel about what he's saying, right? And I know I haven't yeah. been part of the conversation because my computer is blowing on me here. But I think sometimes people just go to the limit because they get people to talk about them. Mm -hmm. So we've spent 15 minutes talking about them. We have, but... Even though... Even though he's canceled, he's got a lot of money, and more people will know who he is. Yeah, I, I think I mean, he's I lost guess his you're ability okay to make more. Seen that way, yeah. You know, here's here, here's the way I look at it. If and, he wants to, maybe someone behind the scenes doesn't knows that he's a better guy. Maybe he's lying, like we've talked about. Right? Who knows? Well, and here's the other thing: how hard any, is it? Any, any headline can be a good headline if it gets you attention. In some cases, it, it can be. And, and, and in this case, seriously, how hard is it to say, I don't like what Andrew Tate is saying, so I'm not going to watch him on TikTok or TikTok or YouTube. I mean, I've been able to avoid him my entire life. It wasn't that hard to do. If there's something I don't like on TV or a message that I don't like on YouTube or something on the radio, it's real easy for me. I just switch it. I change the channel. It's not that hard. It's not going to hurt you. If enough people do that, he'll go away. That's that's how this thing works. And I don't understand why then you have to cancel him at any point in time. What's the difference what he says? If you don't follow it and you don't read it and you don't buy what he's selling, it's pretty simple. He'll just go away. That's how these things work. But I, I don't think that anybody ever says that anymore. Like, you know, it used to be back in the day. Then this was in Sarah and could, could probably could attest to this, too. In the 80s, they would tell you, if you don't like what you're listening to or, or watching, change the channel. And everybody was fine with that. We, we would do that. We would just change the channel, move on with our lives. Now people need to be canceled for what they're saying. Why? Just change the freaking channel. It's not that difficult. It's not Dude. that hard. There's some attraction, though, to the nasty. Like, oh, I need to know what that is, even though I'm against it. There's always going to be that. And there's always right? going to be First some people I that did, are going to follow it. I didn't know who the heck he was. I looked him up. There will be another Andrew Tate coming around the bend. That's how it works. 
And the, the, the a, message isn't going to stop. A, I'm looking at a graph right now, and it's a, it's a, a Google search interest chart, and it compares Kim Kardashian in September and October of 2021, Donald Trump in May of tw- uh, this year, and then uh, August for Andrew Tate. And in the UK... Uh, he apparently has a higher popularity, more searches for him than either of those two in their respective months that I'm talking about. Like there's spikes and, in, in certain th- – like so it's apparently – Listen, if, if that's what they want, then, then let them have it. And if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. And such is life. And we, we move I on. I might not want it. I might go, well, who's Andrew Tate? Google. Dude, I don't care if he was a kickboxer. Bring him on. Let's, let's see him. <laughs> Dude, Eric's ready to. I bet he's a fucking pussy. I got your back. <laughs> Eric's ready to throw down. Okay. Um. By the way, I'm I'm gonna mark this show adult content on this one. We're gonna make sure. Yeah. Uh, kids aren't aren't listening to that. But the kids, by the way, would love Chef AJ. So we'll make sure that we put that out on our YouTube channel. Chef AJ is coming along to talk about vegan cooking and her show, Chef AJ Live, that is on YouTube and all that other kind of good stuff that is coming up next. All right, here at the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, we need your help, and so does Paul's party. Being a brand new podcast just trying to get its footing, we are asking that you help support our pod by going to our podcast page at realmeneatplants.com slash podcast and click the support button. When you do, not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground, you are helping to support Paul's party, a 501.c charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some fun in their lives. Two great causes, one easy support button. Again, please find us at realmeneatplants.com slash podcast or on Patreon when you type Real Men Eat Plants into the search bar. Thanks for your support and for helping Paul's party. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. All right. Our guest today is the host of her own television series, A Chef, a culinary instructor, a professional speaker, an author, and a podcast host. She is the creator of the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, has been plant-based for over four decades, is in the Vegetarian Hall of Fame. I didn't even know that existed. And she is in it. She (laughs) is also very proud to say that her IQ is higher than her cholesterol, which is always a good thing. So please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Chef AJ is with us today Jeff, we are so excited to have you on. Um, actually, you were recommended to us. Uh, not that we wouldn't have found you anyways, but uh, a cohort of ours, Glenn Mercer, who has now become mm-hmm. a regular collaborator on our show, is like, you got to have Chef AJ on. And I'm like, well, absolutely. That's so nice. Yeah, He's so- been a regular collaborator of mine for over 10 years. We've written three books together and writing another one together. sure has. Yeah, I tell you what, Glenn's pretty easy to collaborate with, isn't he? I mean, he has has got a lot of ideas. He's easy to get along with and a pretty bright guy. And it's always fun when you get to work with people like that, isn't it? Absolutely. Very easygoing, which is what I need for my personality. Somebody that's very easy to work with. And he's funny, too, which makes it enjoyable. I'm sure he's ribbing you, too. If there's jokes to be had, he's making them. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you do stand-up comedy back in the day glenn right you can tell if you didn't know that you could probably guess it yeah. yeah yeah he comes on our show once a week and does a rant and there's a lot of comedy in there and it's just great stuff so we're always you know left laughing on our show so i, I listed off all the things that you do and it's pretty amazing all, all the stuff that you're accomplishing so it's nice that first of all you get to take a break and sit down and talk with us for a while second of all out of all those roles 
Which one do you think fits you best? Which one do you think has the oh, most meaning for you? That's a great question. I think host because I, I, I really, I, I, you know, my mother always taught me to be a good hostess and, and not necessarily like on a podcast. We didn't have those in 1960, but just to be a gracious host when you have people over. And that was a skill I learned early on. And when I'm a host, whether it's what was my television show or my current YouTube show, I try to be gracious. And even if somebody is really annoying and says something <laughs> really Rich. inappropriate, <laughs> I, you know, I decided a long time ago that I didn't want to be Howard Stern or somebody like that, that, that it's not fair to invite somebody to your home and be mean to them. If you're going to be mean to them, then maybe they shouldn't be invited to your home. And so I've had a few um, ruffled feathers or, or guests that have ruffled my feathers, but I, I decided that that's not who I'm going to be. And it's funny because on the, the episodes where that happened, I would have friends texting me saying, you deserve an Academy Award for that one because, <laughs> because they say such stupid things and inappropriate things. But I decided, you know, that like my, my show is, is like my home and, it, and, I, and I'm going to be gracious to you while you're there, you know. Okay, so, so Chef, I got to ask then, because we're always putting guests together, and we do our show five days a week, just yeah. like you do your show five, to week, five days a week. Who are those people? I want to write those names down and, and try to avoid those. Well, yeah, well, I, absolutely. I don't want to say the name, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I know. So, so, so I'm, I'm vegan for 45 years, and you don't have to be a vegan to come on my show. That's not about it. But most of the guests are because they're telling stories of disease reversal and things like that that they did with a vegan diet. But I'll get authors or people that have products that, that aren't vegan, and, and, and that's fine. So this particular person had claimed that they had lost a lot of weight on a vegan diet, a lot of weight. And that those kind of titles, you know, you get a lot of viewers for that. And then when we're doing the interview, she said, well, oh, but I gained it all back and now I'm keto and that's how I lost the weight. And I go, well, mm. why didn't you tell me that? And she goes, well, then you wouldn't have had me on the show. So that was kind of like <laughs> not the nicest thing wow. in the world. And, uh, yeah, she, I, I, she ambushed you. Yeah, so so it's like, you know, what would you have done, Rich, in a case like that, you think? I don't know if I would be as gracious as you are. You know, I have actually gone at it, not on this show, but back when I was doing my, my radio show a couple times, there were guests that ruffled me the wrong way, and I wasn't gracious with them. I confronted them head on, and we butted heads, because I always felt like this show is my ground, and if you're going to come on here and do this, I get a little territorial. I don't know if it's the Sicilian in me or just the way that I was raised, but it's it's something that you know brings my claws out. So mad respect to you, Chef AJ, because I don't think I'd be able to do it that way. Well, you know, I think about, remember Michael Richards from Seinfeld when he went Absolutely. off on that? Oh, sure. You know, and like, I don't want to say he never worked again. I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm somebody that has dabbled and has actually done stand-up comedy in clubs. And, you know, I, you know, I have a coach and they basically warn us that if you go off on an audience member, the audience is going to not like you. And so, you know, it wasn't that I was so gracious. It's that I came out smelling like a even though inside I was stinking mad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I was actually, I actually just told the story a couple of weeks ago. How about I was at a concert and the lead singer, excuse me, oops, that went down the wrong pipe. The uh, lead singer actually yelled at the audience because someone in the audience was dancing and knocked over one of their lights. He yelled at the entire audience. And the rest of the night, I was like, I'm not on this guy's side anymore. I really don't even want to be here anymore. I don't care how good of a, of a singer he is. So you're absolutely right uh, about that. You were talking about, like, these these big weight loss stories. You have one of your own, don't you? Mm -hmm. and, and that's something to be really proud of because I think, you know, losing weight is one thing. Keeping it off, yes. I think, is entirely something different. different uh, it, it, yes, yeah, is. please, please share with us how you did it and how you keep it off. Right. So my, 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 my weight loss wasn't as extravagant as people that are losing over 100 pounds. It was basically from my highest weight, 60 pounds. But the fact that I've kept it off for 11 years now without really any fluctuations is to me amazing because most people don't do it. And I basically did it using a plant-exclusive diet free of chemicals. And I say chemicals because that's what Dr. Goldhammer calls these things, sugar, oil, flour, alcohol, salt, caffeine, things that are not really foods that are found in nature. And it's been really easy. And I get to eat a lot of food because I follow the principles of like Dr. John McDougall using a lower fat diet. So I, I, I'm using the principle of caloric density. And so I get to eat a lot of food and, and stay slender and be healthy and save the planet, the animals and, and my health at the same time. And it's quite delicious, I might add. Yeah, it's absolutely all good. So the principle of caloric density, what does that mean? 
Yeah, so people get confused because the word caloric density has the word calorie or caloric in it. And many people are, are familiar with the idea of counting calories. They count their calories, their carbs, their points, their weigh and measure their food on a plate. And they go, well, I don't understand how caloric density is different. Well, it is. And if you need to learn more about it, just Google Dr. Barbara Rolls at Penn State University because she has done all the research in this field so you don't have to. So people that count calories, they might memorize how many calories in a cup of rice or in a cup of blueberries and or look it up and they, they have to know all these different numbers. But understanding caloric density seem, means you only have to know the what's called the average calorie density of a few different food groups. And it's very easy, especially as a vegan, because if you're not eating animal products, it's, it's the, the groups are even less. So food <laughs> ranges in what's called caloric density, which literally means calories per pound of food. And you go, well, I don't eat a pound of food. Well, actually you do. You may not know you eat a pound of food, but most humans eat about three to five pounds of food a day. Maybe you're not eating it all at once, but you are actually eating pounds of food or liters of food if you're in another country. And it ranges in caloric density from about 100 calories per pound, which are non-starchy vegetables, which like nobody eats except for me practically, and oil, which is 4,000 calories a pound. So there's a 40-fold difference in the wow. caloric density of food. So if you can understand that the foods that are highest in nutrient density are also the foods lowest in caloric density, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes that have a caloric density of 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600 calories per pound, and you focus on those groups, you're not gonna have to weigh and measure your food or count anything because you're going to fill your tank if the foods of a much lower caloric density. And the great thing about these foods, not only are they exclusively made from plants, but they're not processed foods, they're not animal products, which means they have their fiber and water intact. And when you have fiber and water intact, you have the key to the kingdom for satiety, meaning feeling full. That's why things like juices or dehydrating, it's not that you can never do that, but when you remove the fiber, which is what processed food is, or when you remove the water, which is what cooking methods like dehydrating are, you're not going to feel full, but when you have the whole plant, which has the fiber and water intact, put them together. It's like a sponge. You put in a dry sponge in water, you're going to feel full. And it, we are just very lucky that the foods that are highest in nutrient density are also the foods lowest in caloric density. The problem is most Americans aren't eating the foods in low caloric density. They're eating foods that are very high in caloric density. Animal products, which average about a thousand calories per pound. Things like sugar, 1800 calories per pound olive oil or any kind of oil, 4,000 calories per pound, cheese, ice cream, even vegan ice cream, 1,600 calories per pound. And what people may not understand is we didn't evolve eating foods of that high of a caloric density, mainly because they didn't exist for most of human history. Mm -hmm. And the ones that did, like, for example, uh, that are higher in caloric density, like nut seeds and avocado, were basically seasonal. We evolved at a caloric density of about 700 calories per pound, which is fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. And sure, our ancestors got into a little animal products now and then, the weak, the slow, the sick, the isolated, the injured. They got into a little honey, which was 1,800 calories per pound. But most of their calories came from these... Uh, calorically dilute, nutrient-rich plant foods that have the fiber, the water, the vitamins, the minerals, the phytochemicals, antioxidants, and micronutrients. And if Americans are eating 92% of their calories from animal products and processed food, they're eating food without nutrients, without fiber. They're always going to overeat on calories. So once I learned this, and I learned it from so many doctors, Dr. McDougall, Dr. Furman, Dr. all the doctors, I mean, they all have their programs rooted in this concept of caloric density. For me, it was about just changing what I ate. And I remember saying to Dr. Doug Lyle, you know, well, I think I'm, I'm fat because I have emotional problems. He goes, no, it's because you have math problems. And once I learned to work density, <laughs> I was able to lose weight and keep it off. Uh, I love that. And so, you know, I was checking out your website and you have a quote at the bottom of the page and I wanted to read this. So you're quoted saying, everyone is trying to do what is easy, but are you willing to do what it takes? And, you know, I think to some of the people who may be, you know, okay, well, like, you know, it is easier to go and get the fast food or, you know, something that's cheap at the grocery store. So I'm assuming that initial conversation with somebody is pretty easy for them to understand the logic behind, uh, you know, a, a plant-based diet or to avoid some of those foods in, in, in the, um, you know, at least with moderation. But, you know, do you find it to, to be a losing battle sometimes with people when you, you know, you can provide as many facts as you want and just, you know, in one ear out the other? Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept, the pleasure trap, which is also a book mm -hmm. by Dr. Goldhammer and Lyle. And I think that that is a real thing for almost everyone. We evolved in an environment of scarcity. Our ancestors had to fight to get enough calories to survive. And now even the poorest people can get cheap calories 
and have enough calories to survive. They're not healthy calories. But the problem mm -hmm. is those calories are from addictive foods. And I do believe for many people, especially people that suffer with excess weight, foods like sugar, flour, alcohol, those kind of things, bread, even pasta can have an addictive like process where it's like the old commercial says, once you pop, you just can't stop. And mm -hmm. so what I think happens is the sooner a person is exposed to these foods, the more they develop a taste for these hedonic type foods, the less they're going to like things like kale and blueberries. And I think I think it's a lifelong process for a lot of people, especially those of us that were raised on unhealthier diets. Yeah, and if you could uh, talk about yours, you know, a, a little bit too. So food addiction is something that keeps popping up uh, whenever, you know, I, I see you and read about you and, and watch you. Food addiction, well, what exactly does it mean being addicted to food? You talked about certain kinds of foods that definitely sure. cause this pleasure trap. Is is that it in a nutshell or is there like an emotional tie-in to it as well? Well, you know, it's a terrible name for a disease, by the way, food addiction, because you can't be addicted to food. Everybody has to eat to survive. So I really would prefer it would be called refined food addiction or processed food addiction because hmm. nobody is going to arugula anonymous meetings never happens <laughs> you know? nobody's leaving their house at midnight to make a run for broccoli slaw it's always foods that are high in sugar fat and salt and I'm not, it's not to say that there is not emotional components at play for some people. But the reality is, is you can take the most emotionally distraught person with the worst childhood that's had traumatic life, put them in a room at True North, feed them like me, and guess what? They're gonna become thin. So I'm not to say that a person's emotion doesn't affect other areas of their life, but really at the end of the day, it's like Dr. McDougall says, it's the food. Because is whatever happened to you, if you were eating the way I eat, you would not be struggling to the degree you're struggling with the pleasure trap. It's because I abstain from the foods that are addictive. It's it's sort of like, like like you could say change the change the drug, Rich, and say say like, well, you know, if somebody's an alcoholic, is there an emotional component? Might be, but the thing is, is if the alcoholic also stops drinking, they're not an alcoholic anymore, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> right. you know, and they can still right. have whatever emotional life they had. So so that's the thing, and I think people sometimes confuse that. Um, you know, Dr. Doug Lyle says you don't eat for emotional reasons. You take drugs for emotional reasons. And the drugs that people are taking hmm. are, are food-like drugs that, that really, uh, you know, they're, they're, high, they're high in the glycemic index. They, they, they really, like Dr. Goldhammer says, fool the brain's satiety mechanisms that cause us to exponentially overeat. You know, it, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, you can eat all the beets you want. You're not going to be addicted. But you refine it into beet sugar. It's a whole other ballgame. You can eat lots of brown rice and probably be very full. But refine it into brown rice flour and make breads and pastries. So it's really the refining of the product that's the problem hmm. because sugar and flour go through the same type of refining pro process as do things like drugs and alcohol. And remember, throughout most of human history, we didn't refine and process our food, not to the degree we're doing it now. So, so in simplest terms, then could it be because you know, and I've I've always wondered this. I, I think when you're hungry, your body is actually saying, "I need nutrients." There's nutrients that I'm lacking. It's not so much the calories that I'm lacking; it's the nutrients that I'm lacking. Is that safe to say? Is that is is that breaking it down in simplest terms? Like, if I end up hungry all the time, it doesn't mean I'm missing magnesium or iron or you know, is is there something missing from my diet? Is that yeah, fair? That's a, that's a good question for some like Dr. Furman, because he talks about this this concept of toxic hunger versus true hunger. I think I think a lot of times people have lost touch with what hunger is because they're eating in such an addictive manner that they're they're not even eating for hunger anymore. A lot of people have told me, I don't know when I'm full. Well, if you don't know when you're full, you probably don't know when you're hungry either. So I do think a hunger, you are looking for calories as well because, but here's the thing, if you're eating addictive foods, you could have had a huge meal, let's say for example, Big Mac fries and chocolate shake, 2000 calories and be hungry very soon afterwards mm -hmm. because now your body is looking for nutrients because those foods are completely devoid of nutrients. And remember in our uh, GI tract, we have stretched nutrient and calorie receptors. So you can actually over eat on calories, which is what most Americans are doing, eating 92% of their calories from animal products and processed food, but still be starving on a cellular or nutrient level. And so it's like your little nutrient receptors are like, even though I just ate 2000 calories and I'm quote full, I didn't really eat. Feed me, feed me. And, and, and people don't understand that. So they're looking for calories in all the wrong places. Now, it's one song, of the things... <laughs> all the <laughs> hey we'll get uh, we got a guy for that we can have you know create a song 
right? Uh, the, 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 the question I want to kind of go into that is from a, um, you know, I'm not a nutritionist or anything, but for, for me, it's if I have food that's prepped and, you know, ready to go for the week, my meals are planned out. It's, you know, easy to stick to the plan. Um, now, what sort of things do you then recommend for somebody? Because, uh, like, for me, I'm not 100% plant-based vegan, but I'm, you know, experimenting with different types of things. So what are sort of things for people who maybe are new to this or maybe it's a weight loss thing? Like, some some items that are just, like, it's uh, it's a real nice entry point for people. Okay, good question. Eat, just eat more fruits and vegetables, whatever that means to you. And I mean real fruits and vegetables, not gummy bears, you know, not Skittles. Because the thing is, this <laughs> no? No, no. I used to think Skittles were a fruit. I didn't eat any mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables till I was 43. Listen, regardless of somebody's diet, most people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. That's where all the nutrition is. That's where the fewest calories and the most fiber, the most water, the most micronutrients. And so whatever you're eating now, I'm not telling people to stop eating it, but can you find ways to add more fruits and vegetables? For example, can you maybe like if you're somebody that would stop at McDonald's for a egg McMuffin for breakfast, could you maybe try having a green smoothie, but a good, you know, with, with fruit, a sweet green smoothie, not like the kind I have that's mostly like, you know, greens, but I mean, yes, there's greens in it, but there's also fruit in it. Or, uh, you know, instead of having dessert after every, you know, a lot of people eat dessert three times a day, you know, dessert used to be a treat like on your birthday or somebody else's birthday. Mm -hmm. And I know people that like literally every meal is dessert and it's not like once a week. It's like, it's not even once a day. It's like after every meal. So instead of that donut, could maybe you have whatever your favorite fruit is, watermelon or something like that. So can you, can you start to make some, some smart swaps for some of the things and, not everybody's going to be able to 100% eliminate processed food, but can you try to minimize it? Or, you know, better yet, when I, I think that especially people that struggle with addiction, uh, you know, uh, there's an old saying, one bite is too many, a thousand bites is never enough. Could you run an experiment? And again, this is just an experiment. We're just trying for 21 days what it feels like to not eat these foods and to eat healthy foods. There'll be a little bit of a detox in the beginning, but so many people, if they can get through that initial discomfort, will find how much better they feel when they don't drink caffeine, when they don't eat sugar, because then they don't have the constant cravings for looking for their next fix. It is very much like an addiction for a lot of people, because if it wasn't, it would be much easier for them to stop. Absolutely. You know, and I, I I know the difference even in myself. When I first went plant-based, I was on a whole food plant-based diet. And the way that I felt, I felt like I was shot out of a cannon. My body felt amazing. I mean, everything was, was wonderful. Over the years then, as you're doing it and life gets busy and you decide, oh, I'm going to skimp here or I'm going to cheat here, you, you can turn into a junk food vegan is is how I put it. And I think I, I think you know what that, that term is too. If you could explain the difference, because I think it's Dr. Campbell came up with whole food plant-based, but you know, basically what it is, is exactly what you're talking about. Leave the refined stuff out of your diet. Just go with the, the, the fruits and the vegetables and the nuts and the seeds and, uh, and the legumes, and you're going to be okay rather than all of the refined stuff where I think once you start doing that, and you can even get into danger with breads and stuff like that, that can turn you into a junk food vegan really fast, can it? Absolutely. And, you know, my, my book is called Unprocessed for a reason because – like I said, throughout most of human history, we did not process our food. And by the way, processing is not even a great word because I think of it more as refining. Because if you take a can of chickpeas, put it in a blender with some lemon juice and garlic to make hummus, you're processing your food. But I don't think that makes it unhealthy. There's a big difference between doing that and taking whole wheat berries and turning it into white flour. It's a Big, big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, when you process a food, you make it calorie rich and nutrient poor. To give you like an example, corn on the cob or corn is a very healthy food. It's about, it's considered a whole grain. It's about 500 calories per pound. And I don't know a lot of people that could, maybe somebody could, but I certainly couldn't eat a pound of corn in one sitting. But that boy in that video could. Well, here's the thing. It takes about 16 ears of corn to make one tablespoon of corn oil. It takes about 44 olives to make about one tablespoon of olive oil. And, you know, there might be somebody out there that likes olives that much, but I don't think I ever ate really 44 olives, you know. So (laughs) so that's the idea. But, But it's not just that you're making it so much more calorically rich. You're taking out all the fiber, the water, the nutrients that are so important. So you have no choice but to overeat. And so... You know, not all processing is bad. And the thing is, is 
it's just not what we were designed to eat as a species. And it's the same thing for other animals. You know, if you think about it, if you look at all the species in nature, the only three that are really overweight are domesticated dogs, domesticated cats, and humans, because they're, none of them are eating their natural diet. You know, most dogs and cats are not eating what they would be eating in nature. That's they're exactly eating right. processed yeah. pet food, and the, they are living shorter lives, and they're having more illness, and so are we. So again, like, I don't even argue with people about being vegan anymore, because they're going to either do it or not do it, not based on anything I say, but you're not going to win an argument ever with anyone saying that processed food is healthy. It's not healthy for children or any other living thing. It, it's uh, it's easily affordable. It's readily available. It's socially acceptable, but it's not food. And I think the biggest problem is that when it started, we called it processed food because it shouldn't have been called food because it's not food. It's more like a science experiment. But the thing is, it's become such the norm to eat it that nobody even questions that they're basically eating close to poison in some cases, I think. Uh, absolutely. A lot of times. So, okay. So we, we go to a, an unprocessed diet basically, and we're, we're living on a whole food plant-based diet. We lose weight. We feel great. That's awesome. How do we keep it off chef AJ? Because this is the, the part that always gets me. What's, what's the next step so that, you know, a year from now, if I'm talking to you, it has stayed off. And I know that I'm going to be able to stay on that track because you figured it out. Um, you know, what, what does that say? Oh, to take yeah, I'm going to give you one of the big, you know, I, I host a summit every year in February and this year, will, next year will be the fifth year. It's called the, the Truth About Weight Loss Summit. Whatever you do to wait, to lose weight, if you don't enjoy it and can't continue it, you will gain the weight back. And the biggest problem is most people aren't willing to change their lifestyle. They're willing to go on a short-term diet with suffering and deprivation to fit into a dress for their daughter's wedding or a tuxedo for their, you know, reunion or things like that. You have to be able to continue with the behavior. So if you don't like what you're eating and can't do it, if you, if you can't do it forever, it's not going to be you're not going to be successful. So it, the change will only be permanent if you can continue doing it. And most people don't. So they, they lose their weight and they go, okay, well, now I'm going to go back and have beer. Now I'm going to have chips. No, if you want to have beer and chips, then you have to find a way to lose weight doing that. And it's much more difficult because these are nutrient deficient, uh, high calorie foods. But the reality is I tell people to do the least restrictive program they can do that gets them the results they seek. But the problem is it takes a little bit more tightening than most people are willing to do to keep that weight off because they want, you know, they, it's so easy to get sucked back in the pleasure trap everywhere you go, you know, Petco, uh, Home Depot, there's candy at the register. People are, you know, always celebrating with unhealthy foods. And, you know, you might have to change some of your friends too. It's sort of like if you say to me, well, mm -hmm. you know, um, now that you got out of the Betty Ford uh, Center and you're, you're sober now, what, what do you have to do to stay sober? Well, I can tell you what you can do to make sure you don't stay sober is to go back and hang out at the bar with all your mm -hmm. friends that are drinking and be a bartender. And that's the thing that happens with food. But because it's so insidious and it's so socially acceptable, we don't see it as the problem that it is. Because, you know, after all, if everybody's doing it, it must be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? You, you gave, you're given this like realistic look at, you know, what is a diet? Well, you know, like the sustainability of that diet. And, and I think people don't, uh, they, you know, they latch on to, well, it's working for all these other people. I'm going to lose that weight. And so they don't, uh, you know, think about, well, how does that work within my own lifestyle? And, and like, realistically, you are going to go back to having a, you know, a cookie every now and then or whatever is like your vice. So being able to have that, um, you know, I think is, is huge for, for people. And it was a good way to put it. And then, you know, I'm looking at your YouTube channel and you've got stuff like, you know, your uh, eggnog ice cream. I'm a big eggnog person. Uh -huh. And I think that's also like, I didn't know if that was like intentional when you first started to have stuff like that in there, or if it was kind of like, you know, people are going to be asking for this. Let's give them an option. Yeah, I yeah, know. Do it. I did it in summer because <laughs> I give them plenty of time <laughs> for the flavors, you know, but it, that's so funny. And I always wondered that, you know, why we only eat certain things at certain times a year, if they're available all year, you know, I always wondered that, but, but yeah, I, I want people to have familiar tastes and things that they love but in healthier forms. And I can do that. You know, I was a pastry chef for five years at a Los Angeles restaurant and I did not use any animal products or gluten or refined sugar or oil in my desserts. I got the job because when you apply at a restaurant, you basically do a test meal or a test, a free day at work. And they liked my stuff and they didn't seem to care that I used dates instead of sugar and I used applesauce instead of oil. It, it's really easy with desserts, but with other, I, I think, but with other foods that are so high in salt and fat, it's, it might be a little 
less easy at first because people have neuroadapted to such a high degree of sugar, fat, and salt, their palate. Sure. That, that some of the foods that I would present to people at first, and I say at first, don't taste as good. And this is where, this is where the problem lies is if you can, you know, it's sort of like when you, when you quit coffee, you have a caffeine headache for a while, but it's not forever. If you can white knuckle it and get through those few difficult days, you can find out you eventually feel better without it. But your your taste buds, you know, they can take 30 days to adjust, really, especially to high salt. And most people aren't willing to give it that kind of time. That's why going to a place like the True North Health Center, doing a water fast, not to lose weight, but to neuroadapt, it can be helpful for some people because, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, just <laughs> 20 short years ago, I was having Coke Slurpees for breakfast every day and Dr. Pepper oh, wow. for lunch. And thinking about that now, I, I don't think I would really like it. I'm thinking it's probably going to taste very metallic and chemically, but I couldn't survive without that at one point. You know, so, it, it, you know, I've, I've heard it say that it's easier to change a person's religion than their diet. Hmm. That's probably right. Yeah. And and I know exactly what you're talking about because when I'm eating whole food plant-based, all of a sudden, like, like I remember when I was eating it for a while and I was doing it for a couple of months and my wife offered me a potato chip. She likes to eat the occasional, you know, potato chips. The first bite I took, I'm like, wow, is this salty? Like, I, I can't even stand how salty this is right now. And your taste buds do end up changing to a point that I think, um, because you have a book called A Date with Dessert, which I find absolutely fascinating, where you make all your desserts from the fruit, the whole fruit and nothing mm -hmm. but the fruit, um, which, yeah, I think this is, this is amazing. A, yeah, yeah. Talk about, talk about this concept too, because, um, I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. Like, like I say, I think in some ways it's easier with desserts than it is with savory because when people eat dessert, they just want it to be decadent. They want it to be delicious. They want it to be sweet. So when I gave somebody at the restaurant, like for example, my peanut butter chocolate cheesecake that was date sweetened, they weren't eating it and saying, you know, uh, I really miss the egg. Where's the egg? Where's the dairy? <laughs> right. They didn't know it wasn't in there because it wasn't a vegan restaurant. And, and so the cool thing about fruit in general, but dates specifically, you know, dates are 70% are, are sugar. They're not, they're not a calorically dilute food the way, say, berries are at 200 calories per pound. They have about 1,300 calories per pound, but they're still much lower in caloric density than sugar, which is 1,800 calories per pound, but dates are a whole food. So they have the water, the fiber, the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, micronutrients, but they have this, this delicious, caramely, subtle vanilla flavor that they're, they're, they're kind of neutral too. And they just lend themselves, especially to chocolate desserts, but really all desserts, uh, so beautifully that that I, I can't imagine anybody tasting my dessert and saying, well, you know, I'd rather have it with sugar. Because you can't tell. I had such a huge celebrity clientele in Los Angeles buying my desserts because some for some people, no sugar is very, very important. And nobody knew you could serve it at parties, at, you know, weddings and things like that. You really don't need sugar to make dessert delicious. You really don't. And that's just a fact. And I'll have a dessert book coming out next year with a, over 175 recipes of what I call a fruit sweetened naturally with fruit, the whole fruit, nothing but the whole fruit. And if you can't find something in there, maybe you shouldn't be cooking. I don't I know. know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, and there's always going to be one person, you know, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a brown Betty in there or something, you know, there's no, no matter how many recipes uh, I create, mm -hmm. there's always going to be one that I miss, you know, no cherry strudel. I'm telling you that right now, but, but you know, <laughs> here's the other thing in my brain, I'm still a food addict, even though I've maintained a slender frame for over 10 years. If I go back to the environment that created the disease, I'm going to get right back into the addiction. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even really, I'm, I'm hoping this next book will be a New York times bestseller and I can stop writing, not writing books, but writing recipes because I don't want to have to keep doing that and figuring it out. And, you know, it's not that I don't eat dessert. I do. I eat them more, the lower fat ones, like the caramel blondies are one of my favorite or the cinnamon buns that are good for your buns. But I don't want to have to keep creating recipe after recipe. There's enough recipes in the world already. Vegan right. <laughs> I promise well you. I, I I think people are going to enjoy yours. Obviously, a lot of celebrities are. A lot of obviously, a lot of people have. They watch you on on your show and all of that kind of good stuff. Chef, if you could please, if people have not found you yet, someone in our audience hasn't found you. Where can people find you? Uh, where can people watch? Where can people get your books? All of that kind of stuff. If you could please run that down for us. Well, my name is Chef AJ, and that's also my website. But you can literally find me every day. I have gone live. I don't know if there's a record. I'd love to know. But starting the day that we sheltered in place. 
place. Our governor told us the shelter in place, which was March 20th, 2022. I have not missed one day of going live every single day, at least once on my YouTube channel, which is my name, Chef AJ. And I do at least one show a day with interesting people like you. Not all the people are vegan, but a lot of them are. Today I had an Olympic gold medal winner on who happened to be vegan. So you never know what you're going to find. And then I'm very active in the chat. So if people want to talk to me while the show is going on, I can do that. And my books are available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And wherever fine sold she's got it figured absolutely out. yep and well done chef aj uh, absolutely loved every single minute of it thank you so much for spending some time with us today i know that you are very busy uh, oh, but it has been you. our pleasure to to have you on and uh, again we'd love to have you back sometime and catch up and uh, hopefully after that new book comes glenn out and I can, we can glenn and i can banter together there we go. Ooh, yep. Yeah. There's a segment. <laughs> we'll just we'll just let you go. Yeah. That's, we'll give you the credit for that idea. Yeah. That's that, that's nice. absolutely perfect. Hey, thanks again, Chef. Thank you very much. Be well, everyone. Okay, if you ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and do it in style, here is your chance. We have some of the most amazing t-shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. I love the I Want Tofu Tonight tea. Plus, we have podcast teas, real women eat plants gear, real kids eat plants, and real people eat plants just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you, and we love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew just for you. Sit on down. There's these are two. Yes, 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 it is time for the news, and Sarah Carlson is unfrozen, like the unfrozen caveman lawyer from Saturday Night Live, Phil Hartman, one of my favorite <laughs> characters of all time. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever see that that bit that he did, unfrozen caveman lawyer, his defense? You know what? Yeah. I didn't see that segment. No, I feel like I remember it. His his all defense always unfrozen. was it was always well. What do I know? I'm just an unfrozen caveman. In my time, <laughs> we would do this, yeah. you know, like yeah. And that was always his defense. And you know, he would act stupid, uh, even though he was and a all lawyer. All I know is that I'm in a hurry to read the news because I'm afraid I'll freeze again. You might freeze oh. again. So before she becomes Computer. frozen, Sarah Carlson, let's get this news going. Go for it, Sarah. Here we go. This is an interesting one out of Canada, according to a new lawsuit. Using the words milk and cheese is unconstitutional. Really? In Canada? Uh, this is interesting, actually. Very interesting. This okay. This Montreal-based company called Rossum, R-A-R, with awesome, is suing two levels of government in Canada over rules for the terms milk and cheese, which Canadian law says can only apply to products made from cow's milk. Now, you know, mm, we talk okay. about... Vegan cheese, mm -hmm. vegan milk. Mm -hmm. Oh, is this milk? is this have to do with like people are going to be confused that you know almonds actually create milk or something? So in 2021, the city of Montreal those people need to die. I just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, know yeah. If, if there's so... not a picture of a happy cow on the bottle or the carton, um, then chances are it's plant based milk. If there's a picture of an almond on there, there's a good chance it's almond milk. You know, it, this isn't it that hard. Almond milk. Yeah, it's but not that hard to figure word, out. I guess it's the word milk. But Context it was last clues. year, the, mm -hmm. the century of city of Montreal filed charges against Rossum, alleging that the term cheese on its vegan cream cheese product could mislead consumers. Mm, yep. Even though Rossum's product packaging clearly states the cheese contains no dairy and that the term should only be used, they say, though, 
So for cow's milk, so I am all for apologize. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, <We're> sorry. Eh? <laughs> sorry, buddy. Sorry, <laughs> hey, buddy, you're not my guy. Hey, oh. guy, you're not my buddy. All, all of that. No, but I'm all for truth in in packaging. So let's do that. Let's do truth in packaging. So instead of calling it milk, why don't we call it cow? mammary secretions because that would be mm. truth yeah that's truth in advertising okay know, instead of calling it veal that. why don't we call it slaughtered baby cows you know instead of poultry we can call it dead chickens i mean it, we we could have truth in advertising all we want all right poultry isn't a word it's a word so that you know that you're not eating a dead chicken um so truth in advertising is great labeling truths are awesome but let's make it go both ways because then i'm really cool with that i think that yeah. uh, vegans are going to win that one hands this down is happening in canada i think it's interesting this is happening in canada and not here to be honest with you but the story goes on to say that canada's food labeling regulations were created this is like you gotta love them created back in 1979 and have not been updated since then nice so, hmm. right. So they say that milk is defined as, quote, the normal nice. lacteal secretion. See, there we go. Said, Told you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obtained from the mammary gland of the cow. That's Cheese what it is. is made by coagulating milk or milk products. Mm -hmm. So there's a prohibition in Section 5 about somehow <laughs> misleading, mislabeling consumers. Yeah. I'm so, saying let's let, let's have at it. Let's do the truth in labeling, Sarah. I am all for this. I, that's the problem. In Canada so and all Rawson around the world. <laughs> right. Rawson plans to argue in court that it's unconstitutional to ban vegan companies from using common terms like milk and cheese because it's the freedom of expression and freedom of conscious conscience. <clears throat> I said that right. Conscience <laughs> rights guaranteed under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which... I'm not too familiar with, but I know they're pretty cool about it. So my guess is these folks are going to do okay in court. I know the Canadian prime minister is actually Saddam Hussein hiding behind a curtain. I know that much <laughs> about Canada. And I know that their heads pop off when they talk. I know that. And I know hey, that every I'm time. I'm Canadian, so I can, yeah. I can vouch. <laughs> And every time you say Rossum, I think of Emily Rossum, which is not a bad thing to be thinking of because I think she is Emily Rossum is awesome. She is one of my favorites. It's getting kind of late at night as we're recording this, so I get be careful. Did you ever watch that that, that show on uh, on Showtime? I mean, it was a big hit with with all the Gallagher's. What what, what the hell was that show called, Eric? You you know what I'm oh, thinking uh, of? Oh, Shameless, right? Shameless, Shameless okay. is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Emily Rossum oh, is on that Emmy show. Emmy Rossum, I think it's called. Emmy Rossum. That's it. Emmy. Emmy Rossum. Thank you. Yeah, yep. Chicago. And they yeah, do yeah, lots yeah. of Chicago things like drinking old style that I don't know if people <laughs> really pick up on, but that is a very Chicago thing. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah, they're based right there by the train. Yep. Right right by the L on the south side, we, like the I, near south side. I grew side. up two blocks from the Eisenhower, as they call it. The Eichen. Yeah. And the L, I heard the L. So did I. Yeah, I was I was like a block away from the Eisenhower as a kid. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I remember when it was the things. Sears Tower. Yeah, it's not anymore. It's I still call it that. It's bizarre. Tower. Yeah, everybody in Chicago still calls it the Sears Tower. Nobody calls it yeah anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's Those always going to be the Sears the Tower. Real deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're not so, from here, are you? <laughs> Hey, everybody who says they're from Chicago, most people aren't even from Chicago. But the oh, thing is, you don't want to you don't want to explain that you're from Oak Park or Des Plaines or Naperville. Eh, no, nobody knows those I towns. Close. Yeah, I'm sorry, but Oak Park is close. Hey, that's that's where I was born. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's right next to it. So, yeah, but uh, but nobody wants to explain that they're from Westchester or Berwyn or Cicero. You know, you're from Chicago and then everybody Where's knows that? where you're from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> okay, this is a fun story. Okay. Yes. There's a, a couple that uh, created a vegan ice cream business bringing in six figures a month. Jeez. Wow. Six Hello. A month. I'm like, where did we not, the three of us, get together? And before we did this. I make this, six go, figures. There's just a lot of zeros in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. I'd love to try the ice cream, but I'd much rather be. Making did you know I'm a thousand there? A month, huh? I said, did you know I'm a thousand there? A thousand there. Nice yeah. job, Eric. Yeah, I own many thousands. Well yep. <laughs> the 
the business. This is many, many thousands. Yep. <laughs> Danger. Um, it's <laughs> the company. The company is called Kind with a K. I'm sorry, Kind Cones with a K. Uh, it's based in Malaysia. Hmm. So this started prime out with about. Yeah, you got to kill the prime minister of Malaysia. Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the that's Zoolander a Zoolander reference. thing. Yeah. <laughs> That movie, man. That's good stuff. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Ba back to Kind to Cones from, from Malaysia. Yes. Kind Cones. Kind Cones. I can only imagine someday we're going to see them here, but this is interesting. It started out with about 8,500 to 10,000 a month. I'll take that too. Um, and suddenly they're bringing in 20 times that. They've got four stores. I, I don't know how it's only four stores. And they're making that much? Holy this crap. Not, this, this must be a laundering business or something. like. Right? And Singapore. <laughs> well, no, I got this story from one of the either, uh, I should know, the veg.com or beat.com. Mm -hmm. But this couple in their 30s, they're trying to appeal to the hmm. uh, younger generation X and turn this little project into, into this million-dollar business. Shit's so, bussing. Serena. <laughs> Dude, no cap. <laughs> is the name of the woman who actually had the idea and she had huh. her first child uh 2017 it says she developed an intolerance to dairy and so this propelled the idea like what can we do to experiment with vegan ice cream at home and she did all of this at home and they will not reveal uh the secret but it is vegan mm. the biggest challenge was how to do this without compromising on taste because I've got to admit, I've had a few vegan ice creams that I've been like, eh, okay. But she said that coconut is a huge ingredient. Mm -hmm. So we have that secret. Not coconut oil. Um, and they made it, they made that neutral and then added the flavors. Trial and error was hmm. it, basically. This is what they do for a living. Um, they were worried, and this is something we talk about a lot, that veganism was associated with that bland, grassy food, and somehow people were afraid it would taste like plants, but needless to say, it doesn't, and there are people lining up to have the cones. Very nice. All natural ingredients. They said nothing processed, but they will not divulge the recipe. That's the thing I kind of go, hmm. No, that's that's good. You, you don't have to give that up. But it's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you I mean, look at yeah. any look at anything that you like have, you know, like um uh fitness products are are notorious for this. Yeah. So you'll like, you know, you'll have a, a like a pre-workout. It'll say it contains caffeine and sugar and a proprietary blend of blah blah blah. And it's like, right. well, I don't know right. how much of any of that shit there is. Right. So, I mean, I guess they could go that route if they really wanted to. It's like, if I have to divulge my secrets, I'm going to be as vague as possible. But they seem pretty legit, and yeah. that's pretty cool. I'll take a Absolutely. kind cone. Pretty cool. And a kind fun. cone from a country that's not kind if you spit gum out on the sidewalk. I think they cane yeah, you, you there and stuff like that. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> be stuff. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. That's, that's it. That was the dessert for news. News. Okay. Perfect. Nice job, Sarah. A great job by everybody today. And do also want to remind you to go to realmeneatplants.com, hit the support button, take the 30 day challenge, read the blogs, go to our YouTube channel, find us all over social media, all that kind of good stuff. And again, when you hit that support button, not only are you helping us, you are also helping out Paul's party. Oui. Our thanks to Chef AJ. Yeah. yeah all... we, we are a lot more out there, by the way, on social media than Andrew Tate. Just saying. There we go. <laughs> we now have more followers than Andrew Tate. That is huge, man. What a what an accomplishment. We did that, that my goal. overnight. Yeah. So great job, guys. And we will do it all again tomorrow right here on the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Thanks for joining us. Tell a friend and subscribe today. See ya.